Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome to Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on. Talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA. MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Oh, sports. Uh, yes, we do. Oh, sports. Uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports. Give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. It's been a while since we last had you. we got a lot to talk about. So you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor. Welcome to the show. And we are talking NBA draft review and free agency. I'm hyped up. It was a great draft. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. And like always, hit us up at rayandtaytoday at gmail.com. Knicks fans, Laker fans, everybody's going crazy. Free agency, the rumors, we'll hit you up with a little bit of everything. But basically, we're starting off with the NBA, some Wimbledon, MLB, and, of course, a segment, You're Not Ready, Ray, one, two, and three, the best players went down like that. But who got it wrong? Did any of the top three get it wrong, or did it happen with the Knicks at four? What are your thoughts, basically, summing up the beginning of the draft? So I think everybody thought this one, two, three would be the way it went. I think the only question was two and three. And once the Lakers decided to go with Russell, a lot of things happened. So the Lakers said, you know what, this is a new NBA, and D'Angelo Russell is hopefully our Kobe Bryant replacement. And then after that, it got very interesting. So I think the pick that really shaped the draft for them and for Knicks fans is the Philadelphia 76ers going with Jalil Okafor, who – adds to their depth at center and means that they have another big man to go with Noel and to go with Embiid if he ever gets healthy. So then the Knicks are stuck in a position where they really would have taken and been happy with Okafor or Russell, but neither of them fell to them. So they had the choice. And now Knicks fans are killing the Knicks, and I don't understand why. Because to me, you're at four, right? The top three are out. So who are you really taking? So Porzingis is who you took. And then the 6'8 shooter from Barcelona, Herzonga, is next. Willie Cauley-Stein is next. And then Moutier goes seven to the Nuggets. So are you telling me... I was me, surprised the by Cauley-Stein, weren't you? I was very surprised by Cauley-Stein. I had him going about six or seven picks later. But let's say that one of those three... Who of those three, as a Knicks fan, makes you so much happier than Kristaps Porzingis? You see what I'm saying? So the Probably fans, I think, no were complaining. one. Exactly. Mm. I think the Knicks fans were complaining, but not knowing how to articulate the fact that the Knicks had the fourth pick in the draft. And that you should have complained about the last week of the season when they won two out of three games. And not now. I mean, to me, the fourth pick of Porzingis is not an awful pick, given that, like I said, the next players are Herzinger, Cauley-Stein, Moutier, and Stanley Johnson. I mean, does anybody of those next four excite you so much so that you can say that the well, next pick no, was a listen, disaster? Listen. You could, but you could easily argue that they should have gone with Justice Winslow, and Melo does play a lot but of four. The kid already plays other defense. People, but other people skipped on Winslow, too. He went 10th. And, and and I think it, it's a mistake it's for him to go 10 to Miami. But I'll just say this. One, 
you get that Melo's upset because, one, he didn't want Hardaway traded, although I like the move to get Jerry and Grant. And to me, I said months ago, and you said on our draft show that Porzingis would go to the Knicks, and I know when I threw it out there, people chopped my head off. But to me, I'd rather take a risk with the potential of maybe a Dirk Gasol and we finally get it right with the European instead of like Frederick Weiss or whatever. And, you know, compared to maybe Moody, I mean, listen, nobody's guaranteed, right? Winslow, he could be so-and-so or so-and-so. Paul George at best. Don't think he's that explosive. And Moody at best is John Wall and still might take a while or even longer than John Wall to develop a jump shot. So, you know, listen, you can't, I don't think you can kill the Knicks. And listen, Remember, they also get Jerry and Grant, who is a six-five point slash great guard. Move. Great move. Hardaway has not truly developed with the Knicks. Remember last year, I thought he was fantastic at summer league. It didn't translate though to the season. He had a, a very poor season, considering what the Knicks were hoping he would do. And then they go ahead and get your boy from Spain with the six eleven kid that you thought was going to the Spurs with the trade with the Sixers trading two future second-round picks. So Phil Jackson made some moves, three players that potentially, you know, could all, who knows what they could be. And um, I know I love Grant. Listen, we saw that Notre Dame battle with Kentucky, and that kid is tough. Same with the kid, uh, Pat Carterman, who went in the second round. I think Brooklyn got him or somebody with all the different draft day moves, and we'll get into all of that. But to me, I – I have to be hopeful. I mean, listen, I know a lot of Knicks, a lot of Knicks fans. I mean, behind closed doors, there's, you know, folks feel that Phil might be sabotaging the Knicks. I mean, people are upset, okay? And Melo doesn't feel that he can wait three years for this kid to get diesel and get some muscles and develop. And I get that, but you know what? Just be but again, again, think coming. about you said Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow's 19 years old himself. He's not ready to step into the NBA. And, and by the way, the only people ready at 19 to step into the NBA are scorers <laughs> or, or big men right. who can defend the rim, right? Because that's the easiest thing to do. That's just natural. That's just instinct. It's not easy, but I'm saying that's instinctual. Justice Winslow came to the Knicks. He's not making an impact on the Knicks next year and possibly not even the year after. He's just not that kind of player. So, you know, I understand Carmelo's frustration. Defensively, though, be fair. You don't know because defensively I think he can come in and guard. Okay, he I can guard, especially because Tim Hardaway Jr. could not guard. So right there you've got an upgrade defensively, and I get that, right? But Jerry and Grant is a good defensive player, and so I think you, you immediately upgrade on defense. But you look at the draft board, and I think that the Knicks and Carmelo Anthony, all of their frustration, I don't think it's right. Because, I mean, I, again, I, I'm not saying that I know this kid Porzingis is going to be a star, but you look at the draft board and you weren't picking. This isn't the 84 draft. This wasn't the 2003 draft. Four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, all the way down to ten. Oh, you mean a lot of Jordan is, weren't in this draft? No Dream no. and Jordan? No, no. Barkley? <laughs> no Barkley. No Stockton. None of these guys were in the draft. Yeah. So no, that's what I'm saying. It wasn't right. like there's somebody on the board that the Knicks were like, oh, my God, they let him go. I mean, knowing what we know now, everybody was a gamble. And there was no short thing from 4 to 10. Definitely. I, I think most folks, you know, listen, would, at the end of the day would have to agree with that. And to be honest, i got to give Phil a chance just because I don't know what could happen in free agency. They're going to meet with, you know, reports are coming out. Greg Monroe wants to meet with them. Now Dwayne Wade and LeBron are both free agents, you know, as of uh, today and yesterday. Um, a lot of guys have opted out. Teams haven't, you know, they put like this. This free agency season is going to have a little bit more bang than we thought it would, and obviously next year is the big year. But I do think a lot of the players will go back with their teams. I don't know, like Dwayne Wade, they're talking Lakers, Bulls, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, I think he might go back to the Heat. I think he just wants more money and a little respect. The question is, do the Heat feel now with getting Winslow that they don't have to give Dwayne Wade that respect and overpay him for someone that's going to play 65 games maybe? As great as he is, and you know we love him. He's our guy. But do you think that's the, the shrewd, smart move for the Heat to be like, okay, Dang's back. Nick Roberts will be back. 
We got, uh, you know, Whiteside Bosch, and we're going to sign uh, Goran Dragic. So let's go with Winslow. I mean, what do you, you think that's uh, their thinking, or do you think it's 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 a possibility? It's a definite possibility. But I think, from all I can tell, the Heat in their franchise, I think they were what an '89 expansion team. They really ha- have had success only under Dwayne Wade and Pat Riley, and this is one team that talked about family, 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 family. And take a guy like Alonzo Mourning, who left, got traded, came back, and now works in the organization. Tim Hardaway works in the organization. So they're really big into family and organization. And Oh, they and, should respect him. He's brought yeah, them things so, that they, they could never have imagined. Right. Alonzo scratched the surface, and, and he got them respectability and so forth, but it was really – Obviously, the the Dwayne Wade era, and I, and LeBron helped get him too. But Dwayne got him the first one in in 2006. So my guess is Dwayne Wade will always be part of the Heat family, and I think they'll find a way. Just like you know, think about it. Under Kareem, now obviously Jerry West was the GM, but but under Pat Riley, Worthy played out basically. You know, Worthy played out his whole career. Kareem played out his whole career. Magic obviously left for, for other reasons, but. They didn't get rid of these guys at the end of their careers, right, even when they were on the downside. So I'm not sure they let Dwayne Wade go. I think they, they figure it out. They sit in a room, they figure it out, mm-hmm. and they come to some kind of compromise, and Dwayne Wade retires as a Heat maybe in two years. Yeah. Well, how about this? Let's get back to the free agency, but let's finish breaking down some of, you know, most of this draft. There's a lot of meat in it, a lot to talk about. I, I'll tell you this. It hasn't happened yet, but with – Denver at seven getting Moutier, it looks like Ty Lawson will to go to Sacramento. I don't know how they're going to work it out for what, but that writing's on the wall, and even he, you know, said it. It was reported in Real GM, hey, I'm going to Sacramento. So we'll see with that. You mentioned Collie Stein. I think he could start at the power forward and play defense. Nobody else in Sacramento plays great D. So I actually like that pick. They're probably going to move away from Jason Thompson, and they needed a four. And he's athletic enough to guard for it. So that, that kind of works for me. Did you feel that that's a, a good building block for Sacramento? So you know what? They Whether it's too high or not, I mean, it, he's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and look, the difference in this draft between 6 and, you know, 15 is not that much 13, because I think yeah, they're exactly. all essentially role players who can maybe start and maybe give you some minutes. But I don't see any stars in this group. But there was a phone call, my guess, made to John Calipari. And he said, and the phone call went something like this, hey, Cal, what's up, man, how you doing? All right, it's all good. You know, formalities out of the way. Can Willie Cauley-Stein, how did they work in practice? Can DeMarcus Cousins and Willie Cauley-Stein play together? You know both of them. Mm-hmm. You coach both of them. They both came through the Kentucky pipeline. What do you think? And you my personalities. Guess is, personalities, yep, offense, defense, you know, obviously Cousins is a more offensive player, although he can obviously rebound. Willie Cauley-Stein is, is really a special defender. Uh, you know, we right, haven't had a guy. Not a great rebounder. Not a great rebounder, but a great defender. But we've had a, you know, he's kind of a cross between Rodman and not without the without the tenacity of rebounding and, and, and like a Ron Artest in the sense that he can guard and maybe an, an Anthony Davis a little bit, a long, big man, Marcus Camby-ish, that can defend, that can stretch, that can challenge shooters, that can play really comfortably on the outside as on the inside. I mean, think about yep. in this past roles. NBA. Exactly. Think about in this past NBA Finals how Tristan Thompson did a fair job, you know, as difficult a job as it was, did a pretty – Good job, given that he's 6'9", and given that he's not really made for that, of guarding and switching on that pick and roll with the shooters, and and most specifically with with Steph Curry. So think about in this new age of pick and roll offense and of pick and pop and shooters and and stuff like that, if you can have a guy like Willie Cauley-Stein who can play the big man inside and challenge the shooter outside, that's that's a special Defender, that's a special asset that you have on your team. No, you're so, right. You know, whether... For that roster, Ray, they need that. They really need a guy that wants to play. It's the want-to, right, with defense. He wants to play defense. And he can go two to five. So I, I think it's perfect. Let me ask you this. You, you know, we both kind of talked about it. Stanley Johnson to Detroit. 
uh, kind of knew that's who they would take a long time ago. Do you like it? And I like what the kid said. I'm going to be the best player in this draft. <laughs> he said straight up. I was like, go ahead, Stanley. I like the confidence. And, you know, we both like the fit. And Detroit can use some help on the wing, um, can use a wing athlete. You know, the only one thing that was a little disappointing with him is that he and Winslow both came up a little short, literally, um, when they measured them in their socks. But at the end of the day, this is becoming an athletic NBA, an even more athletic NBA. So if you can stretch and you can defend the wing and you can, you know, make things happen on the wing, then you've got a place in this NBA. So, you know what, why not? I think he needs to slim not? down, though, a bit, Ray. I think he does. He's about 6'6", 242. He could slim that down a little bit because he's going to be on the perimeter. Fair enough. No, that's fine. And and mm-hmm. and think about it. If Greg Monroe leaves Detroit, they're in big trouble. Oh, he's you know, gone. where do they get yeah. their offense? I mean, they weren't that great last year. But you take Greg Monroe off off that team, you know, they're really looking for answers. No, you're totally right. Uh, Charlotte, we'll get into some more of them later. But I like Frank the Tank there. Miami with Winslow. Um, what do you think about the Pacers? I thought this would happen. Um, them getting Turner. I think, you know, they realized, look, David West is meeting with the Knicks. Other teams are going to talk to him. David West probably won't be back. So I think Miles Turner is a good fit, plus Hibbert just opted in for one more season. They might move all the way from him. Who knows what Turner could be? So I, I kind of like it. You know what? I, I, I'm afraid a little bit because he's not the most athletic guy. You know, you, you take the guy right after him, Trey Lyles, much more athletic. Uh, but – Given given that they knew – see, I had them picking a point guard. But given that they probably knew that David West was going to opt out and they're going to move away from Hibbert either by riding out his contract or trading him, then, you know, they, they really do need a big man. So, um, you know, decent pick here, upside in the sense that this guy was highly touted, um, probably needs to work on his game, needs to, needs to get in shape. You know, he's not the most athletic guy, but – a decent pick for Indiana. And then the next two are great. You mentioned Lyles. I think you know how I feel about the young rosters of Minnesota, Orlando, and Utah. And I got to applaud Utah because I think Lyles, out of all these guys that we mentioned from like five on down, Lyles to me might have the most sort of upside potential. I think Kentucky held him back. And I think actually the four lottery kids from Kentucky, maybe not Collie Science, but maybe the other three, I think could actually improve from, you know, what we have projected or thought of them. Do you know what I mean? Just because yeah. of them, you know, the minutes and the rotation. Trey Lyles has a lot of talent. And with Utah, with, you know, Rudy Gobert, um, favors, and, and, and just the, the versatility of that roster, you better watch out for the think Jazz next year. Think about that court. If you're playing a four or a five against Utah next year, and now they're all skinny-ish, so they don't have the girth, but between Gobert and Lyles, yep, and your boy Derek Favors, I mean, that's tough to get shots off in the paint. No, you're right. You're totally right. And let me tell you, it's buzzing in the desert because they're not re-signing probably Tucker or Gerald Green and that's okay because Devin Booker is perfect. He will light it up, and their three-guard rotation probably of Knight, Bledsoe, and Booker is going to be beautiful. I, I think the Suns were ecstatic to get him, and that's a great, and that was a great pick for them. You know, yeah. I like it. I'm just a little concerned about the defense in Phoenix, uh, but that, that three-guard rotation, they're definitely going to be able to put up points. I think maybe they get a defender in free agency because they're probably going to get a specialist. They won't be able to lure a Love or Aldridge, even though they might get an interview. They're not going to be able to lure these guys. So when you start to look at some of the second-tier, third-tier free agents, well, then maybe they can focus on someone who really can hold it down and lock it down defensively. You know what I mean? And, of course, okay, see, we'll talk about this some more later, but, you know, we both predicted Cameron Payne. Perfect. Westbrook could, you know, move to the two. He'll play some backup one as well. I think it's just a, a great pick from the kid from Murray State. And then the trade. This is where the first uh, trade came down. 
the Wizards and the Hawks, which, you know, was kind of interesting. And then the Wizards wind up with Kelly Oubre, and you know that Paul Pierce opted out. So do you like sort of the combination, and he's probably going to the Clippers, do you like the combination of Oubre and Otto Porter, maybe at the three, if Oubre plays a little 2-3? Oubre. So this kid, <laughs> I don't really know how to categorize him. You know, is he just a young 19-year-old knucklehead? Or is he just a kid that kind of never really caught on to the Kansas system? Uh, I, I just don't know. So huge question mark for Kelly Oubre. Very highly touted kid coming out of high school. Uh, expected more from him at Kansas. Was a little disappointed. Uh, but you know what? The good thing is in Washington, um, he's not really expected to do that much. I mean, think about how patient they've been with with Otto Porter in the last third of the season it started to pan out and if if John Wall and Bradley Beal are healthy then you just need to be a role player come off the bench and and do your role play some two play some three and then they still got to fix their big man situation and, and figure out where they're going with Nene and, and Gortat and Sarah and all these guys but at the end of the day you know what it's not bad for him they don't need him to deliver immediately. So I think that gives Oubre a year or two to kind of develop his game, get his head right, and then, you know, figure out if he's the next. I mean, maybe he's their sixth man, or maybe he takes Otto Porter out of the rotation. Otto Porter's the sixth man because Otto Porter's probably a little more versatile. Yeah, right away I think he's a sixth, seventh, eighth man. He's a rotation player. I was surprised about your Danny Ainge and the Boston Celtics I do. We both like Rozier, but I think he could have gone to the late first, early second. So to get him there was a little shocking. And then since we're talking with them and they have multiple picks, I did like later on at 28 getting R.J. Hunter. What do you think about what the, the Celtics did? I, I like R.J. Hunter much more than I like for that team, much more than I like Terry Rozier. Now, Terry Rozier can defend, but so can Avery Bradley. And Avery Bradley's small, and so is Terry Rozier. And you had a first-round pick in Marcus Smart, who I actually didn't love. I, I liked him a couple of years ago, but ever since, you know, I, I, he, he stayed. Well I think some of his... and stepped up in the playoffs. So that's why I don't understand he, there's rumors of them he trading did, him. He did, but exactly. So then what are you doing? So now who's your rotation? I mean, where does this kid and, – and, and you get R.J. Hunter. So now you just solidify your backcourt. my man Mickey, do don't just... forget second round, Jordan Mickey. <laughs> Well, yep, really Jordan like Mickey too. in the second round, and I guess this means that for sure they don't go ahead and re-sign Isaiah Thomas. No, Isaiah Thomas I, I don't understand is, is what still in the contract. Yeah, he's oh, he there. is. Oh, even worse. Thing. Yeah, it's more. That's what I'm saying. It's too many guards. So to me, the question is: Do they move Bradley and Smart? Phil Phil Pressy, you know, might stay as a backup, or they move him. I think they're not done dealing, and free agency and trades is going to be, I think, pretty huge for the Celtics. We'll have to, you know, keep a close eye on them in free agency because he can't go to camp or go to, you know, whatever with sort of six, seven guards. Isn't this you what know, Phoenix I mean, did a year ago and they traded Isaiah Thomas? Wouldn't it be ironic if Isaiah Thomas gets traded again because his next I think team they has like too many too guards? I really think they like him too much, right? He did really well for them. Remember, he kind of led them to the playoffs. If you want to be honest, it was Isaiah Thomas and Marcus Smart that season. led the playoff push. Sure. Yeah. They led the, the playoff push. Now let's talk about these Bucks. You know, I, I didn't know if Rashad Vaughn was a reach because for them, he has he, he's just got a nice sort of upside in terms of athlete, finds a way to make buckets. I, I mean, he still might be a little bit raw, but I think Milwaukee showed that they've got something defensively, but they need to find a way to score. So potentially – it wasn't bad. I would have taken a shooter, maybe Hunter. But what what'd you think about that move for the Bucks? Yeah, I think, like you said, uh, maybe go with a shooter or an athletic big man. Um, this pick, though, you know, Chris Middleton is is is, is okay. Uh, I think he's a solid NBA player. But but if you're building oh, around Michael Carter Williams and and Giannis Antetokounmpo, I've been working Woo! on that. <laughs> um, you could use, you know, uh, a shooting guard. 
um, to fill in and, and, and add depth. And like you said, you know, you need scoring if you're Milwaukee, but one of the tenets of, of them right now, especially under Jason Kidd, is defense. So, you know, we'll see. I think given where they were, it was a decent pick. I don't know that it would have been my pick, but I think it's okay. Maybe Oscar Robinson. I like the <laughs> next what pick. Forget I heard. Uh, <laughs> so then, obviously, I like the, the Rockets, next pick. Yes. Listen. Now, I I I would have maybe taken Trey Lyles. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Tyus Jones to get the point guard because we talked about that with Beverly. But to be honest with you, we saw in the playoffs, you know, it was all on James Harden for them to score. Nobody else except for Ariza when he got hot could do anything. And one thing I think Decker can do, he's kind of athletic, sneaky, but when he gets hot, the kid can shoot. So I actually like the pick. You know. He's their Chandler Parsons replacement. He's tall. He's you know got a little bit of an inside outside game, and I think he's a, he's a nice addition to that roster. Yeah, we talked about the Knicks getting Grant. The Raptors, our boy Delon Wright, you know, good size, six five point guard, kind of skinny from Utah. You know, we know we talked with you know. Uh, uh, Dick, uh, Dan Dickow and our boy Keith Van Horn about the Utah team when they were going to, um, you know, do their things in the tournament. I like Wright. I think he's a player, and I think the Raptors. I do, but don't you think the Raptors needed some front court, needed some starters? I mean, you're drafting a guy that you know is not going to be a starter because Cal Lowry is your starter at point guard. No, definitely. So, but they got rid of Grievous, right? They made the deal. Um, yep. So I think he fits in as a backup point with some size. So I think that's their, their meaning for that. Um, can't remember offhand who they Is got back Vinny for Johnson? Davis. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see what he can, you know, do. But remember, Toronto, Noah Amir Johnson, Lindsey Fields, these guys are coming off the books. And in free agency, they're going to get to sit down and talk to Monroe and maybe talk to LaMarcus. Surprisingly, I think LaMarcus said he would sit with the Raptors. So, you know, let's see if somebody wants to play with the DeRozan and let's see, you know, what, what they can do to build their team. I love the Mavericks getting Justin Anderson. They needed that shooter and some defense. Perfect. What did you think about the Bulls? Were you a little thrown off by Bobby Portis? Because I was. I wanted to see what you thought about that. A little bit, a little bit. I guess it tells you that, they probably are looking at options in the front court. Now, your boy Miritich played great, so I thought he yeah. gave them a spark. Um, they must be down on Todd Gibson, and they must not think that there's a, a long-term – or maybe they just want depth in the front court because Noah gets hurt a lot. Um, I, I was trying to justify that. I, I, I only think it's got to be depth. And it was hard. It was, yeah. it was just big man depth, just size in the front court. Maybe they feel like Noah is at the top, and, and maybe they want to cut back on some of his minutes, and maybe they feel like Todd Gibson uh, may or may not be in their long-term future. And maybe best player future. available, yeah. too. Let's be, let's be honest, best, best player available, too. I mean, when you think about it, um, you know, you said it before, SEC player of the year, a lot of potential talent, and he does a couple of things really well. In Brooklyn, they wind up, you know, training with Portland. They got uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, uh, which I like, but I know about getting rid of Plumlee. Because to me, Plumlee does dirty work that a lot of players won't do. You don't know if you're definitely signing back Thaddeus Young and Lopez. The rumors are that With they Lopez, will. Yeah, sure. Then they're talking about trading your boy Joe Johnson to Memphis. So we'll see how all these things play out. But do, do you like giving up on Plumlee when you kind of, as Brooklyn, no, the I don't like it at all. I, think I don't like hard. it at all. I think this kid Plumlee is perfect type of guy you don't run plays for. He just plays hard. He rebounds. He hustles. He's athletic. I, I like this kid, and I think he's the perfect type of role player. He's, he's sort of the Draymond Green. You know, he's the type of guy that can be on a bad team, and you may not see his skills, but you put him on a really good team, and he can be a guy that just contributes in many ways. So I I thought giving up on Plumlee was, was, was a bad decision by, by Billy King. Yeah, and in the second round, they got the Australian kid, uh, Juan Vallette or whatever, 6'7 athlete. You know, so, I mean, listen, we'll see what they do. I I think 
if they could make a deal with Memphis, I don't know what the particulars would be to get Joe Johnson gone. I think it would be good because of the contract, but we've talked about this. When you look at all their players in the last two, three years, nobody's been more clutch and more healthy than Joe Johnson. So you you almost don't want to get rid of that guy. You know what I mean? It, it sounds silly to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this team might just have to get blown up. And, you know, yeah, maybe no, they're right. waiting it out because obviously when they traded away those three number one picks to get Pierce and KG, they pretty much mortgaged their future for now. They didn't win. And so now they're paying the price. And so maybe they're just, they're just waiting to clear out their roster and make big moves, uh, not next year maybe, but the year after next. So just to keep it going, obviously Minnesota winds up getting Tyus Jones. thought it was great. The roster just continues to flourish. Your Grizzlies wind up with Jarrell Martin from LSU. Jarrell. Oh, my Grizzlies. Yeah. You, now, of course, you you predicted it, but you just had the wrong European player. But they took the seven <laughs> foot of the Spurs. <laughs> you know, Nikolai, you know, Tufi or whatever. So, I, you know, who knows, right? The Serbian Big guy, seven foot, but he's only two twenty five. So to me, that's just a stash project. I don't know. Did you? I really like the Lakers taking Larry Nance Jr. We've seen him at Wyoming. He was a little injured, but on the upside, I think he has talent, and you know he's got the bloodlines and the pedigree. He might win a dunk contest. <laughs> and then we mentioned Celtics uh, with uh, R.J. Hunter and Brooklyn. This is the one that I like when they got this pick, which is their original pick. Chris McCullough, remember I, I had him going late in the first round, um, and I think it's a good chance from Syracuse and, and a good move, and Golden State finishes out with uh, Kevon Looney. Give me your thoughts on what the Warriors did, because that's a pretty good pick to close out the first round. I like that pick a lot, because he's not expected to do that much, and playing on that roster, learning behind a Draymond Green is the best thing for him. You're never going to have the pressure of scoring on that team. You just need to be a role player. He's not the most athletic kid in the world, but then again, you know, you wouldn't say Draymond Green is either. And David Lee, you know, was a very good athlete coming out of high school and then Florida and whatever, but but he's lost some of his athleticism, but he's still a contributor on that team. So I think they're going to lose some people to free agency, and so I think that kid Looney from from UCLA is a nice role player that can develop in the next two or three years and maybe even contribute. Yeah. So the pick just a I couple like, of second rounders. Yeah, I was going to say Montrez okay. Harrell for Houston. Yes. What about that? Front court depth. Monte Yunus comes back. Harrell. They had a great draft, right? And to top it off, they signed and gave him a partially guaranteed contract to the UNLV kid who was not picked, Christian Wood who potentially could have been a first-rounder, the other weapon was Vaughn. So the Rockets come away with Harrell, Vaughn, um, Decker, and Wood. To me, that's great. Yeah, what happened to Wood? We both guys. thought he'd be an end-of-the-first-round guy. I, I, I was shocked, and I told you one of the Harrisons would not get picked, and Aaron signs with Charlotte. I'll get to that later. Andrew get drafted uh, by the Memphis Grizzlies. But they get four lottery picks. They tie the Tar Heels. Um, from 2005 to set the record or to tie the record, Kentucky, and then six guys in total and just no Aaron. And I felt bad being a father of twin sons for one twin to get drafted and not the other. I was like, oh, that ain't right, you know. But that's business, well, but he man. got signed. Yes, he no, got and I, actually, I think I think he can, you know, make a make the thing. So I mentioned uh, Memphis getting that. The Pacers packed 12 play of the year, Joseph Young, second round, Utah gets the ACC, like, leading scorer in uh, Olivier Hamlin. And then Portland with the Brooklyn deal, they got Pat Cutterton from um, Notre Dame. So, you know, there were some good moves. I want to ask you this. Give me two or three teams that you think kind of shine the most in in the draft. Who would be the the biggest winners for you? So I think you mentioned one of them is Houston. I think that – you know, one of their issues was front court depth. Obviously, they didn't address the back court, but they certainly addressed the front court. I think they got young, they got athletic, uh, they got tougher potentially in Harrell and Decker and, and Wood. Great job by them. So I really like what they did. Um, 
We'll talk about this later. Uh, they only had one pick, but I thought Oklahoma City hit a home run. Uh, I think they get themselves a point guard, and I think that's exactly what they needed, so they filled a need. Uh, the, the other pick that I'm interested to see is, and this is going to have a ripple effect a little bit, the Sixers, which a little Oklahoma for going, you know, number three. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, at that point, the, the, their hand was was dealt, right, and they ended up getting Herman Gomez in the, in the second round and trading him to the Knicks. But I, I'm really interested to see the Sixers how they play this, right? Who plays? Let's say they're all healthy next year, but. You know they probably are not because uh, uh, your boy from Kansas is probably uh, maybe a year, another year no, away. No, they said he's probably going to be done for this season. So right, right, right. I think Oklahoma. Joel Embiid. You know, yeah, but I, I would yeah. like to see. So roll the clock forward another year. Uh, oh, I would yeah. love to see what happens with Noel Embiid and uh, Jaleel Okafor. And who plays and who who does? Assuming they're all healthy, right? Uh, Philly could have some chips to trade. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Don't who they always? Who, who were you? <laughs> Don't they always? Right? Who was your? Who were your standouts? Um, I I have to agree with Houston. I want to just throw this in there real quick. Don't forget, OKC okay, in the second round had the, my Kentucky boy, the, the Kari Johnson. So actually, they they really did yes. good. So I agree with you with Sorry. that. I, I like that. I like that size, you know, rotate with Mitch McGarry and, you know, maybe, um, you know, they they just have a bunch of big guys. Adam, really, Baco, um, yeah, they got depth. Yeah, no, I'll I, I tell you this. I think I was really impressed with, um, I think Miami did good because I think Justice Winslow is going to develop and be a steal and he's going to be a two-way player. He might be the poor man's Paul George. Um, I'll get to it later, but I, I really love the Charlotte Hornets. The, and that, that draft, I like Frank Kaminsky in that system. You throw in the trades that they made on draft day and stuff in terms of, and before that, of getting Batum, pause, you know, I'll talk about it. And, um, you know, so th- I would agree with you about Houston. I like the Philly a little bit and Miami and Charlotte. So, you know, I think the Lakers actually did really well too because, Anthony Brown from Syracuse, you thought he could be a first-rounder. He's a decent player, you know, just rotation guy. But D'Angelo Russell is going to be special. And so, to me, Minnesota getting Carl Anthony Towns and, Jones, and Tyus Jones is great. But then the Lakers, I thought if Larry Nance is healthy and develops, Brown rotates, and then D'Angelo becomes the man, and they wind up going D'Angelo, Clarkson, and Kobe Bryant to the three, Lakers, uh, you know, should, should be good. So before we move to some Wimbledon predictions and our segment, you're not ready, let's just talk about a couple of these free agents. Obviously, free agency starts on the 1st, um, so that's really right around the corner Wednesday, and we'll you know be back next week and be able to report signings, and, and I think everything's official on the 8th or 9th or 10th, something like that. But if you wanted to do your uh, your glass ball and project some things, where does LaMarcus go? Wow. LaMarcus might end up with the New York Knickerbockers. I he think really that, can. you know, he is a guy that probably, you know, he played one year in Texas and, and, and you know, basically was spending all of his time under the radar in the greater Northwest, and maybe he says to himself, you know what, Build that brand, I'm right? a shooter. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a shooter. I'm a, you know, an inside-outside player. Phil's got 11 rings. Uh, Derek's got five rings. Let me get some more notoriety. Let me move to the big market, and let me settle down some roots in New York. I really think LaMarcus Aldridge is going to take a, a, a good, hard look at the Knicks. And not just that, Ray. I think let me get out of the Western Conference. <laughs> yeah, let, yep. me, let me let me team up with Carmelo and just have to deal with LeBron. <laughs> yeah, let me just deal with LeBron and let me not have to fight with every. I mean, eight or nine teams in the West every year. And oh, by the way, Utah, Minnesota, and Phoenix could be coming up. You know what I mean? So let him. I, I think it's smart, and I think it's going to happen. New York. Uh, I don't know who else could be an outsider, but I, I really think that they could get him. 
Dwayne Wade, we both, you know, kind of already talked about that. It could be, you know, L.A., this and that. I think Kevin Love is staying, LeBron's staying. Um, it's only formalities that they opt out to me, you know, to um, basically, you know, get the most money they can this year and then be free agents again next season. Although I think with LeBron, I'd say this. He's so smart and savvy. This can be a bargaining chip to either get rid of the coach and hire, you know, Tyron Lue, or it could be a bargaining chip to, like, you know, you better sign the right free agent that I want or else I'm not coming back. So to be a free agent every year, he's kind of just checking the franchise. Don't screw me over. You know, keep it on up and up and make sure I can go get three rings and, you know, wind up being, um, you know, five and four like Magic. Because I think that's his end game to at least, you know, equal that. You know what I mean? That sounds good. You know, I it's a little frustrating as a fan because you get confused. You're like, all right, I used to know what free agency meant, and now it's like, well, uh, I'm a free agent, but I'm really opting out just for one year so I can get more money and I can resign. And it's like, all right, I'm confused. Either you're a free agent and you look for other teams and you sign, you can stay home or you go to a different team. But this constantly becoming a free agent. Is just I don't know to some to some degree it's something we all have to learn. Maybe this is the new NBA. It's kind of exciting though. I mean, be honest. It's exciting. It gives you a little off season. Hey, gives us something to talk about, right? For sports radio. No, for sure. Uh, sure. It's it's not that bad. Um, DeAndre Jordan, does he stay with Chris Paul and and then make up and stop arguing and realize that that you're not going to play with a better point guard and, and a better you know rotation and system? Or does he say, you know what, I, I can't be the, what I can be with Blake there. Maybe I go to the Knicks or maybe I go to Toronto or Detroit or one of these other teams. I don't, I don't know who else would be in the running. Well, I think you maybe said the it. Lakers. I think you said it best. I think it's all about DeAndre Jordan, right? Are you okay being at best the third best player on your team? Or do you look around and you say, wait a minute, I've got a skill set that very few people have in, in today's NBA. Basically, I'm I'm a real big man, and other than my huge liability of not being able to shoot free throws, uh, I do things that other people cannot do. So you and I, I would argue, both agree that he, that he should stay in L.A. because he can't find a better situation than the offensive pressure is off because he's got offensive talent around him. The defensive pressure is basically just him defend the rim, and Chris Paul throws him alley-oop because he's limited offensively. So I don't think there's a better situation for him. The problem is can his ego, you know, let him do that? And I actually have this sneaky suspicion he's going to leave, and he's going to say, you know what, I want to try to be the man. And I want to try to spread spread my wings, something I'll never really, really be able to do in L.A. Could it be personal? So, and maybe he goes right across the street and goes to the maybe, Lakers? Maybe. maybe. Very well could be. Or maybe he takes Tyson Chandler's spot and goes join Burke in um, Dallas. It's, good. it's going to be interesting. I think there's so well, that many might guys. Be interesting because that's a big man that, uh, you know, that plays a totally different game. Right, yeah. his four. That's a totally different Portland, game, right? Like, Portland is an option for people because they're going to be losing probably Robin Lopez, uh, you know, um, Lamarcus, Matthews, and and they traded Batum. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they're blowing it up. They're starting over. It looks like Indiana is going to try to do the same if they lose West. I mean, there's some guys that are definitely moving. Um, you don't know where Brooke Lopez can wind up. So there's a lot of different landing spots. Only, you know, out of the big guys, Al Jefferson is the only one that sort of opts back in. Um, So that'll be fascinating. Hey, one quick note. This will make you smile because I'm sure some fans out there who don't know about players that they might have liked, you know, like my son loves Duke. Your boy Quinn Cook, um, championship player for Duke, signed with Cleveland and LeBron. So that's not bad. And then a, a real shout-out to Brooklyn, because I mentioned uh, Aaron Harrison went to Charlotte. But Brooklyn signed Ryan Boatwright from the champion Huskies from the year before, and they also signed Cliff Alexander. Um, these are guys that are going to be on the summer league rosters. I was about to so say, so you're the- telling me 
Are you telling yeah. me you're ready for summer league? Get your popcorn ready. Yeah, I'm ready for summer league. I'm so in love with it that I might have to catch it on the computer, but I still will check it out. So Brooklyn, and they got the kid. Um, I think what the Wisconsin kid, uh, Gasser, Josh. Uh, was he oh, from did Wisconsin? They sign him too? Josh I didn't Gasser? see that. Yeah. So. So we'll see. And obviously, look, once they're on a summer league team, they can still sign with another team. There's no guaranteed contracts. The only one that really got some guarantee was Christian Wood. But you got to believe they've got the inside track. And I like Ryan Boatwright and Cliff Alexander. If Brooklyn is kind of rebuilding, these are some young pieces that could develop. So before we go over and talk about some tennis and stuff, one one last guy. I'm kind of curious in what you think in terms of Matthews and Monroe. They're not really max players, but in this market and funny money, do you think that they will get close to max money and really be overpaid when Monroe and Matthews, I don't think either one of them are top five, top ten maybe at, at their specific positions? You know, maybe not say Matthews, think Monroe, maybe top ten. Yeah, I think Monroe will and Matthews won't. Um, Matthews coming off the leg injury, the ACL, and right. – you know, had a very good season, but I don't think he's a player that you necessarily build around. I think he's an excellent contributor. He plays hard. He defends. He shoots. He led that team in three points. You saw once they took him off the team, that team wasn't the same. Even with Dame Lillard and even with LaMarcus Aldridge, it feels no, he's so the like heart and soul. he was the heart and soul of that to team. Get him so, I'll be honest. So in that I would respect, love for him to be on the Knicks. It, but not but not at the money that, that rumors are that he's asking for. Now, Greg Monroe is something different because Greg Monroe, shout out to my lefty, uh, but Greg Monroe is one of these guys that he makes the argument that, hey, I've been on a terrible team, uh, but I've been doing it all. I've been playing inside and outside, and, and, and I you know basically put my head down, blue-collar, lunch bucket type of player, and I'm a stat sheet stuffer. And I think somebody will overpay for him, just like they did for Josh Smith. Uh, different players, right? But but I'm just saying, same same concept. Detroit overpaid for him, and I think somebody will overpay for Greg Monroe. And even though it's a changing NBA, people tend to overpay for size, and Greg Monroe is one of these guys that has versatility. So, yes, somebody will overpay for him. They'll max him and out. And honestly, or, or he could play a close. little bit of four. He could play a little bit of four and five. He's not just, you know, like – kind of locked in at the four. In today's small you know? NBA, absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. Um, it's going to be exciting. We'll talk tons of NBA free agency. We'll update you. You know, we'll send out tweets. You know, we definitely got some uh, some ears to the ground, some inside information. We'll get it. Um, there's even rumors that Kevin Love might go back to Minnesota. That'd be hilarious. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, could be a Laker. So, I want to I want to just talk about the, the the third major of the tennis season beginning, and Serena going for just more history, right? Trying to get twenty one in the Grand Slams, but also I guess what being the first and Steffi Graf, I think to 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 win three out of the four majors in a year, and obviously she'd be going for the 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 grand slam and winning all four. Do you just think it's just hers to win, or because she got bumped kind of early last year, that she could be a risk, or does that give her more motivation to just go and kill everybody? I just think it's more motivation. You don't want to be on Serena's bad side, and she always gets pumped up for majors. She plays particularly well at Wimbledon. She is a force and I got to think she's, she's obviously the odds on favorite and, and I got to go with Serena. Yeah. I I can't see anybody else really, you know, taking it. You know, you never know what knock can do. Um, you know, there's definitely some, I think the women are getting stronger. I just, it's so hard to beat her. Like you said, I think she, you know, she's like Tiger in the sense that she sort of maxes out to the majors for the historical purposes, but when she's healthy, you just can't beat her. Now, with the men, do you like Murray? Do you like the Joker? Do you think 
my boy Nadal can do something, or does the old Stan veteran Marinka. have one more? Does, does the old veteran have one more in him, Ray? Feds? You think our feds can yeah, put one man. together? I listen. You know, I've been hyping him up and thinking that he can get one more major in tennis. What do you think? Well, a room for the guy. If he can, this would be one of them. Um, uh, you know, to me, I think it really comes down to Djokovic and Andy Murray. I mean, Andy Murray, the local guy, Andy Murray, who finally broke through and won at Wimbledon in the Olympics. Um, I think it's between those two. You know, Federer, you're right, is is looking as good as he can, being where he is in his career. Um, Stan Wawrinka obviously beat Djokovic in the last tournament, so, you know, last major so in the French. So, you know, he's somebody to deal with. You know, Rafael Nadal is coming back. Uh, you know, I, I think until he wins and until he starts putting together a few wins, I, I can't say he's back completely. Uh, and I think really those are the guys that, that really there's only four or five guys that have a chance on the men's side. But i got to think it's the Joker and Andy Murray. I mean, I, I, I mean obviously they're, the, they're probably the two favorites, but, but I think it really comes down to a two-man show. You kind of just want a good major. Um, and Wimbledon, because it's, you know, really, really in summer, it's one that the history of it and just everything – I feel as if, and maybe it's just our bias, but I do think that the U.S. Open and Wimbledon are the two best majors. Um, Wimbledon is just, I don't know, you just remember it from growing up, you know, and you remember uh, the the Macaros and the Agassiz and, 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 you know, Bjorn Borg and Connor and just, you know, just the battles. Um, so I, it's it's going to be exciting. you got to tune in. And then it kind of just, you know, gets you ready for that. It's like the, kind of like the start of summer, you know. You got July 4th, and then Labor Day, the end of summer, football season, and the U.S. Open. It just puts a nice bow on it. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Um, we got to talk some baseball before we finish strong with our segment. I got to ask you, what did you think since last we were on we haven't gotten to talk about it, and we got to talk about it. All-Star Game is coming up. I think it's, what, Tuesday the 7th, so we'll be uh, talking about it next week. Voting closes on the 2nd, so that's Thursday, so get your votes in on MLB.com. How did you feel when the news came down that Pete did bet on the Reds in baseball to win while he was playing? Does it matter, and does it does that make you feel like he'll never get in the hall now? I think it severely hurts his chances, especially because publicly and to the commissioner, he said that he didn't. And he always said, you know, I never bet on baseball. And look, the worst thing you could do is bet on your team to lose, right? So, that's that that that's just unacceptable. You know what I mean? That's that's like um you know, you get banished from the game. You should never be able to, to, to talk that person's name again. You know what I mean? That that just kills all that there is in the sport. But then behind that there's degrees, right? So you bet on your team to win okay, you're confident in your in your team winning, you know what I mean? I you know, to some degree, isn't everybody betting on their team to win? Just by showing up at the at the ballpark, you, if somebody asks you, well, "What's your team you, to win?" You say, "Yeah." Would you put wait, money on your team winning? Proven, yeah, I'm confident. It wasn't proven that he that was already that wasn't released to the public. The commissioner, I believe, already had and knew. Well, that's the thing. That Bart Giamatti knew that, or at least his investigators that told he had him that. Baseball. Those records had already been found, I think. So, you know, I, I think that to me. I don't know. I, I think it. Look, we 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 got to get to this point, and you and I have talked about it. We talked about it with Al Troutwick when he was on our show. Even Paul Leduca, you know, we didn't get into it, but baseball is going to have to acknowledge this era. One, because of those 103 names we never got. 
two, because you can, the Hall of Fame is telling the story of the sport, and you cannot tell the story without four names. Rose, Bonds, Clemens, and Rodriguez. You just can't tell the story. So I don't know about anybody else. I'm not saying McGuire or Sosa, but to me, those four guys, you can put them in with whatever labels and asterisks or whatever you want to say. But, Ray, they've got to be at Cooperstown, even if it's in a different wing, a, diff- a special room that's not lit properly. A special room. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. The boom room. The boom <laughs> boom room. Like when New York room. City public schools get, you know, when New York City public school teachers get suspended, they go to the boom boom room. Yeah, the boom boom room. Whatever you got to do. But, I mean, you know as I know, who anyone that knows the game, ever played the game, you've seen the game, you know what a Hall of Famer looks like, and those four gentlemen are Hall of Famers, period. Yeah. Period. So, there's not much to say. I got to say this. The Royals are playing great baseball, no matter how many guys they get to the All-Star game. The uh, Orioles jump back at first. Um, the Astros are holding on. And then uh, it looks like the Giants are about to <laughs> – I mean, you can't shoot the Giants. The Cardinals extend their lead, and then the Giants are catching up to the Dodgers. Tell me what's going on. What are your thoughts in the last week and a half? What's been going on in in MLB? Because it's heating up. The Giants, like you said, you can't get away from them. These guys are unbelievable, (laughs) and and we need to start giving Brian Sabian more credit and putting Uh. him in the same class as the Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals – the Giants have won three of the last six years. The Cardinals have won three. The Red Sox have won three. The Yankees won one in 2009. But pretty much that's the last decade in baseball. So I, I, I'm shocked. You know what I mean? We both thought the Padres would be would be that team behind the Dodgers. But who knows? The Giants may even win that division, as crazy as that is. So very happy for them. And they're doing their thing. You know what I'm sad for? I don't know if sad is the right word, but the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're playing great baseball. They're 42-33. and 33. They just happen to be in the wrong neighborhood. Oh, they, so they're nine just, games they, they behind. they got to get that wild card, and anything could happen, right? We saw the Royals. They're pass, nine yeah. games. But, but check it out. They're nine games above 500, and they're nine games behind the Cardinals. They oh, it's hilarious. This is a Cardinals team, Brad. It's not even healthy. They're not even healthy and playing that great. Unbelievable. It is. It's truly unbelievable. You know, and, and the AL East is to, just uh, up for grabs. You know, oh, that's a team anybody. and a half <laughs> separate four teams. Yep. So one, two, three are virtually a in a tie. Then we still got a fighting chance. Yes, that's for sure. But let me ask you this now. We got to be fair. Your Tigers are really struggling. I mean, struggling. the Royals have pulled up a six-and-a-half game lead over them and, what, five-and-a-half over Minnesota. That's, that's uh, you know, it can be caught. But the way the Royals hit scrappy, run the bases, and starting pitching has been pretty impressive, and the relief pitching is just out of this world. They're going to be hard to catch. I, re- I, I really believe it. Not only the to the Astros, right? The thing, the only good thing for the for the Detroit Tiger fans and for people like me who predicted Detroit to make the playoffs, well, I predicted them to win the division and make the playoffs, is that the AL that wild card is wide open because nobody's running away. I mean, if you think about it, one or two teams from the AL East might win it, but the Twins and the Tigers are right in the mix, too. Uh, I think the Angels are going to have a good second half. I think the Texas Rangers eventually, uh, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and I think they're just going to fade away in the summer. But those wild cards in the American League are wide open. No, you're right. It's it's going to be great. So, And I give the Astros credit for, you know, the great lead, and they seemed like they were collapsing, and then now they seem like they're right in the ship to hold you know, hold off Anaheim, and we'll see how that goes. So let's end strong with our segment, You're Not Ready, where Ray and Tay tell you about a team or a player that you are not ready for. Ray, I'm going to jump on it first real quick. The Charlotte Hornets, 
at what they've done so far. You know, they opted, uh, Henderson opted in. They moved him. Jefferson's back. We know they got Kemba, Cody Zeller, J.P. Harrison used to be with the Tar Heels. They, in the trade, though, they get rid of Vonley and Henderson, which we talked about. We weren't impressed with Vonley. Getting Nicholas Batum, I think, is a steal. He's an underrated player. Like Wes Matthews, he plays two ways. Drafting Frank Kaminsky, potentially now adding an Aaron Harrison, who I really believe that talent from Kentucky, and we both talked about it, he can still make the NBA and be a rotation guard, especially with the, the length and, the, and, you know, some of the defense, not the speed. And I think Frank Kaminsky is going to be a complete stud um, for the Charlotte Hornets. And I'm going to tell you right now, on June 29th, the day before my anniversary, uh, tomorrow is my anniversary with my lovely wife, so seven years. Congrats and I'm telling today. you right now telling you right now, sir, the Charlotte Hornets will be in the playoffs next season. Well, back. I need to get myself a Charlotte Hornets jersey, uh, yes, and I'll do. wear it. I, I made that commitment, so it's going to happen. <laughs> um, you know what? I, I'll take that. You know what I mean? The, the, the East is wide open, especially the bottom half of the East. So you're not ready for the Charlotte Hornets to make the playoffs. Is that what you're telling me? That's right. Frank the Tank. Well, you know what? Here's a guy that I think we both liked and we both thought would be a good fit. And I think that this guy has the best fit in all of basketball in terms of getting drafted. Who would not want to, coming out of small college, who would not want to come and be a point guard playing with two of the top five players in the NBA? Cameron Payne. You're not ready for Cameron Payne. Now, he won't win Rookie of the Year, but he might be the most important rookie of the year. He might go ahead and become the next Rajon Rondo, the guy who comes and stirs the pot and comes in there and out of a small college, uh, Murray State, and does his thing and becomes the next point guard of a championship team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win a championship next year, but I think that if he inserts himself in that rotation and Russell Westbrook gets to play a little bit freer uh, on the ball, off the ball, you know, uh, fewer minutes, maybe increases efficiency, Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant. And like you said, they picked up Dakari Johnson. They have Adams. They have Ibaka. They have some, some – a lot of Jerry. talent. They made some moves. The best, they probably have the best roster in the NBA now, right? Yeah. So I'm t- I'm thinking Cameron Payne. You're not ready for this guy to become the next Rajon Rondo like he did Ooh. with the Boston Celtics with their big three and potentially in the next two to three years win a championship. Cameron Payne, you're not ready. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were put, put some st- I thought you were going to put some stink on it and tell me OKC – would be representing the West next season. So if you're ready to go they big could. on me. No reason they couldn't. No reason they couldn't. If I'm a betting man, I don't see any reason. I mean, you look at that. San Antonio's getting older. Houston, you know, had a great draft. But you know what? We always have a question about Howard in the playoffs. And the Clippers, with their, you know, free agent situation, is DeAndre Jordan coming back? Uh, why not? Why not? Right. You know, in Golden State, obviously, right. is, is the incumbent. But you know what? If Golden State plays Oklahoma City, I think I like a healthy Oklahoma City. You're right. Quick note before we end the show. Tiago Splitter is on the training block, and the Spurs might just be the front runner for LaMarcus Aldridge. That's what we forgot to mention, those Spurs. Wow, going back to Dallas. Yep. Not home, but close to home. Close to that, home. My friend, that, my friend, could throw Joe, uh, Popovich, Duncan, and the whole band back together so quickly <laughs> that they could be really dangerous to go for one more ring. That's a good way to end. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. So, great show. We'll uh, join you again next week, Monday, and, um, you know, love uh, – talking some NBA. Look for free agency. It's going to be crazy. Follow us on Twitter at Ray and Tate today. 
We'll be uh, giving you some of the insights, some of our predictions and thoughts, updates. MLB, we'll be back talking about that All-Star game. We'll see who finally gets the vote and how many Royals are starting. So, yes, that's definitely something that we want to keep our eye on. Yeah. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.